I've tried to be fair to you creatures. Now my patience has reached its end. Tell me, or I'll... No, not my gumdrop buttons. All right, then. Who's hiding them? Okay, I'll tell you. Do you know... Gary. The Muffin Man? Gary Hoffman. Yes. Shannon. Tell me if you've seen her. She always bring the racket like Venus and Serena. Shannon Farron. This is about to get weird. Gary and Shannon. Let's begin this new chapter together. And let's start the work right now. I don't mean to say that something is boiling in the background, but there's a... What the hell did you just do? Well, I I put my hair up. Monica, please. Can you see what is happening here? <laughs> oh, my God. You look like Steve Martin. Well, uh, Nick suggested I use this sword. I mean, was there no pen around? Was there... I have an extra hair tie... The sword's way cooler. You should keep the sword in. Yeah, Nick said yeah. it was way cooler. So it's jarring. Yeah, I make Nick do a bunch of stupid yeah, stuff all the time. So today's payback. The day. sword's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Not to say that there's anything boiling in the background, but a couple of things that we know have happened today. Number one, Vice President Mike Pence was on his way to New Hampshire for an event to talk about the opioid crisis and the Air Force Two. Sorry, did I say Air Force One? Doesn't matter. Air Force Two was diverted back to D.C. because of some sort of an emergency. Unspecified emergency. The the planned event in New Hampshire has been canceled. Pence was supposed to speak there in the town of Salem. But I don't remember ever hearing this kind of unspecified emergency situation. Um, There's also a story out of Europe that... Vladimir Putin was supposed to be at an event that has been canceled and that he has been asking to meet his defense minister. In the event that there was some sort of a military attack planned on Iran, this may be the things that would happen before that type of an event. Now, I'm not saying that that's happened. I'm not saying that the White House has said any of that. I'm just saying it's weird that we know that Air Force Two was diverted back to D.C. because of some sort of undisclosed emergency. So that's uh, an odd thing, to say the very least. And we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see if we get any more information about it. God, seeing the flowers and the tributes and all the things people are leaving at Angel Stadium today for Tyler Skaggs, 27 years old, found dead in his hotel room on a road trip there the Angels had in in Texas. It just reminds me of losing Nick Adenhart. You know, and it was hard to believe. They just, I think it was the LA Times, just did an article about the death of Nick Adenhart. Now, he died, a young pitcher is for the Angels as well, died after a game that he started in, and it, it was a hit by a drunk driver. Now, but that was 10 years ago. I can't ago. believe it's been 10 years. I covered the trial of that drunk driver. 
And I remember the prosecutor in the case, uh, Susie is her name, since left the DA's office down there in Orange County. I think she's actually an elected official now. And um, she put on such a great case and it made you so angry because part of the case was looking at video of the of the drunk driver sitting at a bar and ordering drink after drink after drink after drink while Nick Aidenhart is on the mound and he's pitching and he's pitching a gem and he's 22, I think. And in the testimony of the young girl, Courtney was her name, uh, that was in the passenger seat and how she was killed. Just these details that you remember, like I said, I can't believe it's been 10 years. She was killed instantly in this, and the the wreck was so severe. It was it was basically this car was basically unrecognizable. But the the responding officer was able to tell Courtney's mom, "Your daughter looked beautiful. There wasn't a hair out of place on this girl's head. She just was killed instantly on the impact, where your heart becomes dislodged. But other than that, no scratches, no marks. Told told Courtney's mom, your little girl looked like an angel." The uh, the death of Tyler Skaggs is a mystery at this point. Um, we just found out about it yesterday, right after our show was over. They had found uh, the South Lake, Texas the Police Department said that they got a call about an unconscious man in a room at the Hilton Hotel at about 2.15 their time yesterday, unresponsive, pronounced dead at the scene. Suicide is not suspected. They also said that they have not... Um, they don't believe foul play was a part of this and that the autopsy is going to be done today. Now... If there's something chemically going on, if he had a mixture of medications or something like that, we won't know that for some time simply because toxicology is going to take a while. Every single person who knew this guy loved him. They said he just had such a sparkling personality and he was a good guy and he would be there for anybody. According to the uh, LA Times, there were a handful of players and coaches already at Globe Life Park, which is the uh, the baseball park there in Texas in Arlington. When the news broke, manager Brad Osmus was among them. They quickly went back to the team hotel. Grief counselors came in. The Texas Rangers put out a beautiful statement saying it was sad. They, of course, canceled the game or at least postponed it. Uh, Major League Baseball came out with another uh, statement. The Angels came out with a statement. We know that later on today, uh, I think it's about 2.30 our time, the Angels, uh, along with Artie Moreno and John Carpino, the team president, are expected to have a news conference to talk about this. But... At this point, we don't know uh, what, if anything, they're going to be able to say about uh, about Tyler's death. Tonight's game between the Angels and the Rangers will be held as scheduled 5.05 first pitch California time. And according to the Rangers, there will obviously be a moment of silence held before the game in honor uh, of Tyler. But yeah, I don't know if this press conference is going to give us any additional information. I'm I'm sure that we probably have to wait for the toxicology tests. Yeah, we know that he had, uh, I think it was Tommy John surgery, and there was a report in a paper today. Not going to say it because I don't know. I don't know how reliable it is, but that he had been dealing with, or he'd been seeing several different doctors be- for a, a bunch of non-life-threatening conditions. I think is what they said. So. That could be anything. At this point, again, we don't know. 27 years old, uh, his wife Carly uh, was was mentioned many times in the tributes that uh, both Major League Baseball and the Angels put out in terms of they would be with her and support her, anything they could do. Just, what, what, it's just odd to lose two young pitchers like that within 10 years. Oh, and there's a list of Angels players who have been lost. Really? Oh, yeah. And, and it's unfortunate. I mean, it goes back several years, it, but it seems like, 
I mean, you've got 600 some odd Major League Baseball players at any given time. There's a chance that someone's going to die over the course of the year while they're playing or just in an accident. And that's happened. It seems like once every couple of years we get car accidents or boating accidents or something that happens. Uh, but for some reason, it's been a disproportionate. Uh, it's disproportionately affected the uh, the Angels. That's eerie. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more about that next hour as well, including some of those uh, the names of the other players. When we come back, one of the big deals that's coming up Thursday is this um, this Fourth of July celebration that's supposed to take place on the uh, the Capitol Mall. President's going to give a big speech, the largest fireworks display we've ever seen, and and I was tanks. Again, tanks. Again, Capitol Mall. Unnecessary. Ugh. Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon. We mentioned that uh, Air Force Two carrying Mike Pence was brought back to Washington, D.C. According to Mike Pence's main spokesperson, Alyssa Farah, we both, both worked with Judy. Alyssa's mom, right? Yeah. Uh, Alyssa Farah denies there was ever an emergency callback. She stated that Mike Pence never actually left Washington. There was no emergency callback. Something came up that required the vice president to stay in D.C. We will reschedule uh, the New Hampshire event that was supposed to go on. Uh, and according to a White House spokesman, there is no cause for concern. Well, it, it when the vice president cancels an event like that and has to stay in yeah, Washington, D.C. That's there is, suspicious. It's weird. We don't know why this is happening. We haven't seen anything come out of the White House yet in terms of uh, specifics about <clears throat> what would prompt them to request that Mike Pence stay in D.C. Well, in just a couple of days, it's going to be a big day in D.C. for America's birthday when the president hosts his Fourth of July event. And he will get his way. There will be a small number of M1 Abrams tanks and other armored vehicles that will be at the president's July 4th celebrations on Thursday. However, the tanks will not be parading down Pennsylvania Avenue. They can't. I mean, they, if they did that, if they threw an M1A1 Abrams tank on uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, it would look like I-5 through the valley. I mean, it would be torn up in seconds. The president says, I'm going to be here, and I'm going to say a few words in the Oval Office. We're going to have planes going overhead, the best fighter jets in the world, and other planes, too. And we're going to have some tanks stationed outside. Um, I would ask this of, of, of anybody in the military. If this is the way that you would want our military prowess displayed. Because I can't imagine that there's any four-star general in the Pentagon who is saying to himself or herself, yes, I cannot wait to march down Pennsylvania Avenue with my uh, with my thing hanging out, proving how badass I am. I just here's the thing. We've that's... never had to prove it. Yeah, that doesn't strike me as the We as don't the need attitude to prove that... it. It's just that's a... something that North Korea does. Because it wants a seat at the table. It wants to be taken seriously. So it says, look at us. We're a military force as well. Look at all of our toys. Okay, but no, well, let me ask you this. Because then I'm, I'm, I'm saying this while I also say, as an F-16 pilot, I love watching the Blue Angels perform. I love watching the Thunderbirds perform. Do so I like tanks? The- yes, I like tanks. You know, would I steal my brother's G.I. Joe toys? Yes, I did. 
Tanks are cool. F-16s are cool. A show of military strength is cool. And I'm hoping that that's the reason behind it. Not the not the not that the reason is I want to take it out and put it on the table, but that it's cool. And he's a little kid inside, and he wants to see all these toys being played with. Yeah, but here's the. Th- I mean, yes. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It's kind of and, a better. And listen, if there was a if there was an Abrams tank parked across the street, hell yeah, we go would walk over there. over there and see what's going. You're on. You're damn right. That would be pretty awesome. But if I saw it rolling down Olive Avenue in the middle of Burbank, it's a little like, much. What's going on? Should we be worried? Should we call Mike Pence back to D.C.? <laughs> the event is being referred to as a salute to America, and it'll feature fireworks and a speech from the president. They say that the uh, fireworks, by the way, those those were donated, mm-hmm. but there was a big brouhaha about all the parks officials that are going to have to work overtime or on their day off to clean up after the event, and what will that cost taxpayers? The the fourth concert, the Capitol Fourth Concert, the West Lawn of the U.S. Capitol, is going to be hosted by John Stamos. I'm sorry? <clears throat> I will say that without laughing. It's going to be hosted by John Stamos. Wasn't he part of the Beach Boys for a while? Yes. Yes, he was. An all-American band? He also played John Wilkes Booth in the Celebrity Roast uh, from uh, from Jeff Ross on Netflix. Um. It will include performances by Grammy Award-winning music legend Carol King, by Vanessa Williams, by Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Colby Calais, the National Symphony Orchestra, a special appearance by the Sesame Street Muppets. That's a big to-do. There's something for everybody on there. There's a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, and then the president's speech, I think it says six. Did you say this? At already 6.30 is when the president is supposed to speak from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Our understanding. So that'll be fun. Coming up next, the news hit while we were on vacation, but it was proof that somebody else listens to this show. The attorney for Fotis Doulas. Remember, Fotis Doulas is the estranged husband of Jennifer Doulas, who's been missing now for more than a month. Mother of five, and we opined, or I opined, that uh, I, I think that there's a possibility this is a gone girl situation. This is a woman of, of means who knew that her kids were going to be taken care of by her mother, and it was a contentious as hell divorce. And here's the thing. If he gets sent to jail and then she reappears, I guess he could potentially get out eventually, right? Oh, yeah. Been convicted at that point. He's- well, they would, they would vacate that conviction. Hmm. Like double jeopardy, like a Jennifer Lopez movie. Um, no. What, no? Not Wasn't really. Wasn't Ashley Judd in Double Jeopardy? Oh, you know what? Let's not get into details. All right? <laughs> An update when we come back. Somebody else thinks it's a gone girl situation. Darkness right in front of me. Oh, it's calling out and I won't walk away. I would always open up the door. Gary and Shannon, 12 o'clock is when the United States women take on England in the semifinal of the World Cup. We'll do live play-by-play, of course. Are we watching? With our vast soccer knowledge, football knowledge. Should we ask Blake to help us out with that? Um, Just because of his thighs? All right. But your calves are something unto themselves. 
I, w- I don't want you to, to gloss over the fact that on Shorts Day, it's usually your calves that shine. Well, thank you. That's the nicest thing you've said to me all day. I know. My calves. I got calves for days. Calves of a ballerina. Well. A lot of releves going on over there. What does that mean? It means you work out your calves. But I don't. I don't work out my calves. That's oh, just good. that's great. just God's Well, gift. no, no, hold on a second. I mean, I don't mean like I don't go to the I don't go to the gym and sit on that thing with the bar here and you do that. Wait, but you take the stairs every day to work. I take the stairs. There's like 12 stairs. Is that enough for me to get ca- calves? You walk up four flights of stairs? I don't day? walk yeah. up four flights. You do the do. stairs uh near your house all the time. And you have mm. stairs at your home. I do have stairs at home. Yes. <laughs> lots of so. lots of stairs. Okay. All right. I'm blushing. I know you're feeling a little self-conscious now. We're sorry. The, top of the hour, by the way, Matt and Laura Trait, you remember, of course, they were the couple from Orange County, tried to adopt the baby from Virginia. The woman who said that she was pregnant ended up not being pregnant at all. Last week, she pleaded guilty to eight counts, uh, including obstruction of justice. We're going to be able to talk with Chuck Slemp. He was the special prosecutor that actually prosecuted that adoption fraud case. So we'll talk with Chuck coming up in uh, at the top of the hour. Well, we have told you all about the case of missing mother of five from Connecticut, Jennifer Dulos. Her husband, estranged husband, Fotis Dulos, has been under the microscope from go because the two were engaged in a horrific, horrendous divorce slash custody battle. And it's all detailed in the court and pa- in the court papers. These two were going after each other, and, you know, and there's no real divorced custody case that is nice right it gets really dirty and for these two it was no different but they only got fotis locked up for a couple days he and his girlfriend on some kind of obstruction of justice type uh, charges Uh, some of the some of the information we found out was that there was a sign of her blood in the sink mixed in with fotis's dna in her home but That could be kind of explained away since he did live there. He did go to the home and she could have cut herself on something, maybe in in the kitchen. But then there was the weird, suspicious piece of evidence that Fotis and the girlfriend were seen dumping 30 bags of trash shortly after Jennifer disappeared. Yeah, I don't know how you explain that away if you're his attorneys, other than to say uh, people throw everybody's got trash. Uh, People throw trash wherever they want. What are you going to do? Get him for vandalism? Now, I wondered why he would think he'd be able to get away with her murder when his venom for this woman is spelled out in all those court documents. Of course, they would look at him right away. Of course, he'd never get away with it. And so then I started thinking, well, maybe this is a gone girl situation. Maybe she wanted him to pay for her disappearance. Maybe she knew that her mother was going to take care of her five kids And she wanted him to go through hell and be the focus of a legal investigation. And then when we were on vacation, Fotis Doulis's lawyer said the same thing. He said, this could be a gone girl situation. Well, what's interesting, Norm Pattis is the guy's name. And he's, uh, if you've seen any of the coverage of this, he's the guy with the super long scraggly gray ponytail. And he says, we've been provided a very dark what? what is it with defense attorneys and bad gray ponytails? Because <laughs> no this isn't our first. No, it's not. Uh, he says, we have been provided a very dark 500 plus page novel that Jennifer wrote. 
We're reviewing it now. We're also investigating new information regarding $14,000 worth of medical bills regarding tests just before she disappeared. We don't know what had become of Jennifer, but the gone girl hypothesis is very much on our mind. So when I got that alert, it was in the middle of the night where I was. And I said, aha, vindication. (laughs) And then I was was like, wait a minute, let's slow our roll here. This is the defense attorney's theory. Of course, it fits in for him. Yes, this is the definition of throwing the poo-poo against the wall. I don't know. It's a pretty good theory. Well, his, his argument, CNN called him and he doubled down on it and said, she had the imagination, she had the means, yep. and she had the motive to disappear. Yep. He listens to the show. Um, efforts to distance Ms. Dulos from a Gone Girl type scenario are well-meaning to be sure, but the fact remains that Ms. Dulos remains accountably gone and had the imagination, the means, and the motive to disappear. Now, if you haven't seen Gone Girl, spoiler alert, the Gillian Flynn movie, but the book as well, She's alive. She's alive. She's alive the whole She's time. She's pissed and, at her husband. And she cuts off Doogie Howser's little Doogie at the point. I mean, it's the worst scene in American cinema. But the she did it because she wanted to frame her husband. Um, it's it, it's ridiculous that the defense attorney would say, "Ah, see, a five hundred page novel proves that she I think is crazy enough to." I think it's a perfect defense. Because there's going to be somebody on that jury that buys into this. There's going to be somebody on that jury in absence of a body. It's very hard to prosecute a murder without a body. And with, with this, contentious, uh, this contentious divorce, it could go either way, really, for him. But I think it's a brilliant defense when they don't have a body. You wouldn't. Uh, but you sitting on that jury I wouldn't jury be wouldn't. certain. If I was on that jury, I wouldn't be certain that he did it enough to vote guilty. I don't think with the evidence that we've seen, we haven't seen all the evidence is the thing too. That is true. Um, although the the most damning evidence that, that we have seen, uh, according to even the the, the uh, defense attorney, is the video and the assertion that they had stopped thirty places along the road and were dumping bags. Yeah, of trash. if if I were the defense attorney at this juncture, that's the only thing that's troubling me. Yeah. Really, to be honest, uh, explain that away. Explain the trash bags away. Everybody's got trash. That's all he's got to say. What, what do I have to prove? That people throw garbage in places that they shouldn't? You know, maybe they were moving. <laughs> maybe the girlfriend was moving in with him or something. That's, you know, you have a lot of trash when you move. Side note, I forgot to tell you, I got a jury duty summons. No. Yes. You're not allowed to go. In a couple of weeks. Just go on. Okay, this is what you do. Okay. This is what I've learned. Yes. You go to jury duty. Mm-hmm. And they say, is there anything that you want to tell us? Is there any reason that you wouldn't be on the jury? And you say, I listen to John and Ken every day. <laughs> and then you're done. I've tried that before. You have? I have tried that before. And they took me as an alternate, which was even worse because then I didn't get to make a decision in the case, but I had to sit through everything. How about this? You listen to John and Ken every day and... They've asked you to tamper with this jury, this specific jury. I have some other I have some other lines I could use. I mean, I know people who work in the DA's office. I know, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. I don't know what kind of case it would clearly I don't know what kind of case it is yet, but it's still a few weeks away. She just doesn't want to be left alone I don't, with me. I don't. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. She's a monster. All right. Um She's not wrong. Uh, the headline on this article was, My mom chained me to the bed for three years when I was eight because I was fat. Which that's, sounds counterproductive. That's probably one of the least amazing things in this article. We'll explain when we come back. Boy, you can't-
Monica, I'm going to need more information about that story immediately. Which one? The testicles story. Oh. Oh, it was a joke. That's like, hey, uh. Oh, I thought it was a true story. No, did you hear the the story about the guy who dipped his testicles in glitter? Pretty nuts. That's like, uh, hey, you know what would be great to get rid of diarrhea? Gonorrhea. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so don't. That's what we do here during breaks. Dad jokes. Uh, first of all, let me clear something up about the uh, the suggestion that we are like anti-American because we don't want tanks on the Capitol Mall. Oh, did we get that comment? Yeah, here's the thing. I don't. I I'm gonna be wearing red, white, and blue just like everybody else is on Thursday. That's I'm gonna be blowing crap up and drinking bad light beer and all that stuff. Like America, hot dogs, burgers. I'm gonna eat too much and I'm gonna sleep and I'm gonna snore. That's because what we do is America. But here's the thing. I just feel like there's an odd. We don't have part of what makes our strength is the humble nature of it. Guys don't walk around with their with their D's hanging out in in camos walking down Pennsylvania Avenue. We've never had to do that to prove how great we are because we are America. Yeah. So it just it makes me uncomfortable the idea that we would uh, the the images of Tanks, guys in uniform in formation, missiles, all you know, rolling down some Capitol Avenue makes me think of bad dictatorships. I'm not saying uh, military flyovers are fantastic. I love them. Trust me. I've been in one. <laughs> but the idea that we have to. Just once I'd like us to talk about planes. Or you don't remind us all that you flew a F-16. Well, let me say this. Speaking of taking... When you go supersonic, you don't forget that. Speaking of taking it out. All right. That's on its... I I almost said it's on a smaller scale, and I didn't say it. (laughs) I didn't say it. I stepped away from... Okay, listen. This is serious. Okay. Remember when the Turpin story came out? And you and I asked ourselves, how many more homes are there out there that are like this, where there are a number of kids that are being abused by two crazy ass parents? Yeah. And since then, there have been a handful of them that have surfaced in the news and we're, get, we're getting news of another one. This is the story of Martha and Timothy Crouch. And they had 15 children, eight sons, seven daughters. They range in age from 10 to 33. And the daughters, two of the daughters, have gone to the news, gone to the Daily Mail, and talked about the horrors that they had to endure. That the monster of a mother beat one of these girls to miscarry when she was 14, and she kept another daughter chained to a bed for three years from the age of eight to make her lose weight. Also, a lot of animal cruelty going on. Killing of kittens. They talked about the. I don't know if it's true, but they said that they were forced to watch her boil puppies alive. This is all in this investigation into child abuse. One of the one of the older daughters, I think she's 27 now, Anastasia, said that her mother chained her to a bed when she was eight years old for three years in an attempt to control what her daughter ate. She said, I was a chunky kid, and if I weighed more than my older siblings, 
she'd get mad at me and hit me. And one day when I was eight, she chained me to my bed with a heavy-duty dog chain so she could control what I ate. They say that mom was the one who did most of the abuse and that dad was so in love with mom that he never did anything to stop her. They, like the Turpins, have these pictures of uh, what appears to be a happy family. There's a picture I'm looking at right now of them in Big Lake, Alaska, back in 2001. And the children's faces have been blurred out, except for Alexandra. Alexandra, who is the one who was uh, chained to the bed. And she's smiling, and she's got her arm around her mom. And it looked like a normal family. Just like, well, you know, actually the Turpins never look like a normal family in those pictures. But but it's similar. I mean, just the idea that you're seeing this many kids with their faces digitized out reminds you exactly of that case. Um, Alexandria said she became pregnant when she was 14 years old. She, uh, I guess her 19-year-old boyfriend got her pregnant. And she said, I only told my mother when she was beating me a few days later. She was angry that uh, my sister had spilled nail polish on the floor. She jumped on top of me, started to hit me, and then we somehow ended up outside on the ground and she was pummeling me. And she said, uh, I quit hitting me. I might be pregnant. And I used the word might because if I'd said I was certain, I think what mom would have been even angrier. I'm not going to get into too many of the animal cruelty details because they uh, will make you sick to your stomach. But one of the things that they say she did to the, 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 the animals was that she used to take her prescription pills and feed them to the animals. And they would slowly die. Everyone would think the animals would just get sick and, and die naturally. But that's not what was happening. The arrests uh, of the parents only came after New Mexico's Children, Youth, and Families Department opened a child abuse probe following one of the adult children being charged with assault with a deadly weapon at the family home. And as they interviewed some of the kids, they interviewed a 17-year-old daughter who told them how Martha made her and her siblings watch as she put the, the puppies in the pot, basically. The girl said this happened on eight different occasions. She said that the mom would beat her and her siblings regularly, and she said that mom warned them if they complained to authorities, their baby sister would be sexually abused. What a monster. Dad says that they, he thinks that the daughter has made claims against them because they stopped her from seeing a friend. Um, and then can't understand why two of the other daughters are, are backing this girl up. He says, I have no idea why some of my children have turned against us. I'm, tr- I'm still trying to get my head around their lies. They're tearing the family apart. I'm heartbroken over this. Mom is supposed to show up in court tomorrow. Uh, and it looks like dad, Timothy, is expected to appear on the 30th of July. And at this point, mom and dad are barred from communicating with each other. So it's just this, I mean, nasty, nasty conditions. Horrible people, sounds like. Just absolutely horrible people. Uh, but again... Raises the question. Okay, so there's two of these homes. There's two. How many others are there? Is there one in every state? Are there two in every state? I bet there at least. It's a sick world out there. All right. uh, Laura and Matt Trait. Of course, we've told you their their story. They came in and visited with us a couple of weeks ago regarding their adoption horror story. They had had one child, tried to have a second, decided to adopt. And when they found a woman who said that she was going to allow them to adopt her baby— she faked everything. She faked the pregnancy and it, it, heartbreaking for the Trait family. Well, we know that the woman who did that was finally prosecuted. And Chuck Slemp, the prosecutor who did that in the state of Virginia, is going to join us when we come back to Gary and Shannon. I've been-
for three nights at the motel under street lights in the city of Gary and Shannon. And we have told you repeatedly about the story of Matt and Laura. Matt and Laura Trait from Orange County who desperately wanted to add to their family. Uh, have a sibling for their little boy named Hudson. And they tried and they tried and they tried and it just wasn't working. So they went online and they tried a search for a birth mother. And they thought they found one in Elizabeth Jones. Yeah, the problem was she was never actually pregnant, and she perpetrated this fraud against Matt and Laura and Hudson in a way that was that was cruel. It was heartbreaking, and we first uh, brought you the story just a couple of weeks after it had happened, or that it turned out that Elizabeth wasn't pregnant. And we were frustrated at the time because it didn't appear like any charges were going to be filed simply because... No one was really quite sure what the woman would have been guilty of. Well, it was really emotional terrorism is the only way to describe what this woman put Matt and Laura through for weeks, for months. Not only uh, not only them, but their little boy, too, their their five year old son at the time, Hudson. We also mentioned yesterday that Elizabeth Jones did, in fact, plead guilty. But that meant that somewhere along the way. Somebody had to pick up the torch and go after prosecution, and that person was Chuck Slemp III, happens to be the Commonwealth's attorney for Wise County and the city of Norton, and, and he joins us today. Chuck, thanks for taking time for us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on the program. Can you explain how it is you first got involved with Matt and Laura's case? Sure. Well, what's interesting, in Virginia, the Commonwealth's attorney is what we call the district attorney, uh, our office prosecutes crime within our certain jurisdiction. Virginia keeps it small. It's just one or two small jurisdictions. Wise County, where I live, has about 40,000 in population. And so we prosecute for the county of Wise and the city of Norton, which is Virginia's smallest city. Uh, the crime here actually happened in Scott County with touches over across the county line and the state line over in Tennessee. But the prosecutor that's elected in Scott County, while he was in private practice, actually represented Miss Jones. And so the court in Scott County determined that he had a conflict of interest and then appointed me to serve as the Commonwealth attorney in this one particular case. It's not unusual. We do that all the time. Uh, but uh, you know, it's one of those things we don't ask we just get appointed, and uh, and what's also interesting is sometimes it goes to us, sometimes it goes to one of our neighbors. So it's it's just luck of the draw that it happened to land in my lap. I'm sure that when you heard the story about what happened to Matt and Laura, that uh, you were angry as well. We were angry. We we felt such sadness for them, and uh, I'm sure that's what drove you to find something to to stick on this woman. Absolutely. Well, number one, we, in all cases, want to make sure that justice is served. And sometimes that means, unfortunately, our laws do not criminalize certain behavior. Something may be horribly wrong, but under Virginia law, not criminal. Now, in this particular case, the day that I got the case, I actually was able to reach out and talk to the traits that evening, hear directly from them and their story that night. Um, it was soon thereafter that I had a chance to go review all the documents, visit the uh, sheriff's department in that jurisdiction, which is about an hour and a half drive from where I live. So, so it, it, we're not talking about just driving down the street. It took a, a lot of extra work to get all our ducks in a row. But eventually, 
we wound up doing a couple different things. We we worked on a probation violation because Miss Jones was under uh, felony probation, and then additionally, we did quite a bit of legal research by team. I, I want to give credit to Ken Lammers, who is one of my prosecutors. Ken and I researched Virginia law. We tried to be creative in how we found a a good fit for what Miss Jones did. It doesn't squarely fit within. Uh, normal, ordinary cases. This is an unusual case and unlike anything we've ever seen. So after a lot of time and research, we were able to put together what we felt was a solid prosecutable case. But it had its challenges because it was a unique legal theory and also it required, in theory, the traits to spend numerous time driving or flying from California to Scott County, Virginia, which is not an easy trip, uh, fortunately, the judge was able to consolidate all of those charges together in one trial rather than 12 or 13 different trials, and it made it um, a lot easier for us to prosecute. Had we not done that, I'm not quite sure that we would be able to prevail, at least not in the manner that we did. I know that uh, that Elizabeth Jones eventually pleaded guilty this week, or last week, sorry, to, to the eight counts of it was obtaining money or property by false pretense, which was the probation violation. Had she not been on probation, do you think you would have been able to put together a case? You know, in theory, yes, we could have, but it would have been tremendously difficult. Um, you know, the, she was convicted in, in Tennessee, Sullivan County, Tennessee, of identity theft, felony identity theft, and misdemeanor identity theft, as well as another county in Virginia, Russell County, Virginia, is a fraud charge. What Virginia law does, um, you might want to call it three strikes, it's not what it is, but just a simple way of putting it, if you've been convicted of two or more prior larceny or fraud charges, then it elevates the stakes to where it doesn't matter the dollar amount. It could just be pennies. If you steal pennies, that's a felony in Virginia. And ultimately, that provision was how we were able to be successful in our prosecution. Had it not been for that, I, I believe the total amount of what was stolen was $244. But um, the, the, um, because she was on felony probation, then that made it as if it was each offense over $500, if that makes sense. Sure. Chuck, uh, sometimes the law takes some time to catch up with technology or the way that we use technology. Here in California recently, we've adopted some revenge porn laws, for example. Do you see the law uh, going after people who take advantage of uh, of couples like Matt and Laura? Because Matt and Laura, we had them in studio. We talked to them about their story. And they had said that as they continue to look for a birth mother, that Four or five women that they've reached out to have disappeared once they asked for proof of pregnancy, which means to me that this scam is is more uh, prevalent than we thought that it was or were, we hoped that it was. Do you see the law catching up at all to these kind of scammers? Well, I certainly hope so. Adoption fraud is a real thing, as we've seen from this case and others across the country. It's unfortunate because, you know, like so many times, we have someone who is vulnerable and susceptible to fraud or manipulation. And the unfortunate part is there are, are mean, evil people out there, criminals, who want to take advantage of someone's vulnerability. And that's what happened here. That's what happens so oftentimes in these particular cases. So I hope 
that Virginia Long will catch up and, and the law across the country will catch up and will uh, maybe this case will raise awareness that this is a real problem that needs to be addressed by legislatures. Chuck, thank you for your work. We thank you. I mean, we got to know Matt and Laura just in the times that we talked about their story. And like Shannon said, when we had them in and it it was heartbreaking to see that they went through this and we're happy for them that they were able to get closure. And we're happy that uh, that you were able to bring that for them. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for the chance to talk about it. It was a unique case, but the best part about it was having a chance to work with and meet and learn from Matt and Laura. They're an inspirational couple. I got to spend a lot of time with them on the phone over the course of the past few months. But also while they were here for the trial, we we got to go to dinner. We got to spend time together. They're heroes in my book. They're wonderful people who have such a great story to tell. And the best part about their story is that they could have just said, you know what, not for me. This is over with. I'll move on. Because time and time again, they were told by people in law enforcement, in offices across Virginia, that this is civil, not criminal. You should give up. Go back to California. But they didn't. They kept pressing on, and they talked to anybody that would listen about their story. That's the kind of, of push, the kind of dedication, the kind of passion that they have. And they've inspired me as a prosecutor to not give up when faced with challenges. And we didn't give up in their case. Uh, and we're not going to give up in others when times get tough. They've inspired us to do that, and I hope that they'll and their story will inspire others, especially those looking to adopt that uh, while or, or have a child. While it may be difficult right now, it's worth it. Just hang in there. Thanks again to Chuck Slem for that. Fantastic. Absolutely great in terms of bringing closure, I think, to to the whole story, not just for us. I mean... Uh, our interest in it, but also for Matt and Laura. So that's a big deal. When we come back, quick update on the the Tyler Skaggs story. The Angels, of course, holding a press conference a few hours from now, talking about the death of their 27-year-old pitcher for unknown reasons at that hotel in uh, in Texas. Blake can fix everything. You break your sword, Blake's your guy. You get your necklaces tangled, Blake's your guy. He's very resourceful, that that kid. Did you just roll your shorts up like you were going to show me your thigh? He knows that you Somebody enjoy his thighs. That. I don't enjoy them. You constantly make comments about Blake's thighs. Because Blake constantly makes comments about Blake's thighs. I hadn't noticed that. Seriously? But I'm not he refers to himself as Quaddy. Uh, the uh, story that uh, sort of percolated right before we started the show is not clear very... Uh, it's not any clearer now than it was an hour and a half ago, but Mike Pence, vice president, had to abruptly cancel a trip to New Hampshire today. He was supposed to take part in an opioid crisis discussion and that had prompted a bunch of reporters to contemplate literally global ramifications for what was going on. And his office confirmed that Air Force Two never left the ground. The original reporting was that Air Force Two was turned around and brought back to D.C. because the White House had requested it. His office confirmed Air Force Two never left the ground. 
Um, something came up that required the vice president to remain in D.C. And according to not only Hogan Gidley, but also uh, Alyssa Farah, Pence's press secretary, there is no cause for alarm. They said there's no medical issue or anything, just that there was something that required him to remain in D.C. So we'll stay on top of that and monitor well, the situation. I'll just throw this in there because the, the contemporaneous to that was a report out of Europe that Vladimir Putin had altered his schedule to go to a meeting with Kremlin Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu. There was a fire earlier today aboard a Russian submarine that killed 14 sailors. But they're saying it's not related, according to the vice president's office, this is not related to national security. Well, then why do you, anyway, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We are awaiting a press conference. 2.30 our time is when the Angels will talk to reporters about the death of pitcher Tyler Skaggs, just 27 years old, found dead in his hotel room on the, road, on the team's road trip to Texas there to take on the Rangers. We don't know anything really about uh, the circumstances except for the fact that police say there was no foul play involved. And according to some reports, they have also said that there is no reason to believe a suicide took place as well. We do know that Tyler Skaggs did have some injuries he was dealing with. Yeah, but they said it was all non-life-threatening. Non-life-threatening, but... Um, but but that he'd seen several doctors. Yeah, right. So don't know what underlying health issues he, he had. And I, I'm guessing that they'll we'll have to wait on the toxicology tests as well to, to find out what happened. But it's just a very sad situation there in Anaheim for yet another young pitcher to be lost. Of course, the last one 10 years ago, Nick Adenhart was killed by a drunk driver in a crash there in Fullerton. Yeah, right after I think it was his first start of the season uh, yeah. that Nick Adenhart had thrown hours before he was killed. And then, of course, last year, Luis Valbuena, the infielder, 33-year-old infielder, was killed in a uh, traffic collision in Venezuela. Um, and that's just uh, that's just the beginning, I guess. There's a there's an entire list, unfortunately, of people who've played for the for the Angels who have passed away way too young. Uh, Lyman Bostock, 27-year-old outfielder, finishing his fourth season, was shot in September of 1978. They said it was a case of mistaken identity. Um, and then uh, the team lost shortstop Mike Miley as well back in would have been 1977. He was 23 years old, killed also in a car accident. He was California's number one draft pick in 1974. Well, coming up next, as the criminal case moves forward against George Tyndall, the bad gynecologist from USC who allegedly assaulted uh, dozens, if not hundreds of women, during his time there as the doctor at the university, many foreign students, they say, took advantage of, uh, of these people because they did not know how uh, gynecological exams go in the United States. They're saying that prosecutors are going to have an uphill battle with this one because, well, they say you could question his medical judgment, but that doesn't make him a criminal. Criminal. That's weird. Like maybe all of this uh, inappropriate exam behavior was done under the guise of what he thought was a legitimate exam. Ugh. All right. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue.
Gary and Shannon. Hey, uh, kickball's coming up in 30 minutes or so. It's uh, football. Sorry, football. Soccer. In about 30 minutes. We're uh, going to do a live play-by-play of the women versus England. <laughs> USA women's national team is taking on England in the semifinals. Nike so goes to the final. says that the women's home jersey is the most popular soccer jersey ever, men or women. Really? Yes. Good. Uh, Megan Rapino, by the way, not in the starting lineup today, which could mean a whole lot of nothing, but she's not in the starting lineup today. Uh, if you've been following our presidential election fantasy league where we went through and drafted uh, teams of the Democratic nominees, the, the sorry, the Democratic candidates who want to be the nominee to see uh, who's going to be left standing, I took the first significant hit today. Governor John Hickenlooper of Colorado has completely undergone a massive shakeup in his campaign, saying these were not the right people at the right time. No, no, no. You were not the right person at the right time. Hickenlooper. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> but uh, they said that he's only got about 13,000 donors, which is only about 13,000 more than we have. And it's your staff's fault. Uh, John. I guess this quarter he had only raised about a million dollars. Again, um, that's because you're John Hickenlooper. Yeah. It so. has nothing to do with the people running your campaign. That just the name recognition isn't there. And remember, once somebody on our team is bumped out of the race, whether they cancel themselves out or take themselves out or officially suspend their campaign, we have to write a love letter to them and read it on the air. Well, George Tyndall is the bad gynecologist from USC. And he was taken into custody last week, charged with committing more than two dozen felonies against 16 women at the USC campus clinic where he practiced for nearly 30 years. The charges came after the L.A. Times went into a deep dive on George Tyndall and reported that he had been the subject of numerous complaints over his tenure from female students and staff. Now, he has pleaded not guilty. That happened yesterday during a quick court appearance. And... Legal experts now say that the prosecution uh, has quite the burden in this case because he was obs- he was per- he was performing these OBGYN exams. So there is a bit of how do you say invasiveness that goes on with that. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to argue that this is how he did things. I mean the fact that he didn't use gloves in some of these cases, they say is strange, but does that make him criminal? No, it makes him medically que- questionable. Uh, you may surprise you. I'm not quite up on the OB-GYNE uh, style of m- medicine. Uh, and I don't know how procedures have changed. Sort of common practice has changed over the course of two or three decades that this guy's been working. But there are a few things that I would assume now happen that wouldn't have happened necessarily all the time in the 70s or 80s. One of them would be if it's a male gynecologist that you're going to have somebody else in the room other than just the patient. You're going to have a chaperone or you're going to have a nurse, a physician's assistant, whatever, in the room as well. Is that common? No. That it would just be a male doctor and a female I've never. Well, I don't know about the male doctors. That's what I'm I'm saying. I've never had one. Um, The... The attorney, Andrew Flyer, by the way, is one of the defense attorneys for George Tyndall and said, after hearing 100 or 200 or 400 complaining witnesses, we're down to 16, 16 women who have now 
come forward with what prosecutors believe would be viable cases against George Tyndall. And these are, the prosecutors will tell you, listen, we just, it's, it's, would be unbe- not unbecoming. It would be unwieldy to to try to bring in 400 different witnesses. We picked the 16 strongest cases that had the most corroborating evidence. The state medical board has moved to strip this guy of his license. USC has agreed to a $215 million federal class action settlement with former patients. Uh, there are more than 700 additional suits against the university that have been winding their way through state court. Yeah. I mean, hundreds of women have come forward to say that this guy was out of line with them. Now, he, As we mentioned, he's denied any wrongdoing. He said his treatment of patients was consistent with good medical care, 100% adamant that he's never done anything wrong. Here are some of the accusations. Were that he touched women inappropriately during the pelvic exams, made suggestive and lewd comments about their bodies, that he photographed their genitals for purposes colleagues found dubious. Remember, they did, at least according to uh, what we've heard was evidence, they found boxes of pictures in storage facilities that outside the scope of, uh, that to me would be outside the scope of any sort of medical benefit. Why are you keeping boxes of these pictures somewhere without having them attached to any sort of medical, uh, I don't know, there's no medical use for them if they're stuck in a box in your storage facility. The case does present challenges, of course, for the defense attorneys, not just, you know, clearly defending this guy against these accusations, but the DA, Jackie Lacey, had suggested that they could bring, the prosecutors could introduce women beyond just these 16 accusers to support their stories. And that's, that sounds familiar. That's what they did in the Bill Cosby case. Right. Cases that weren't tried. They weren't part of um, the criminal It's, it's to show a but, pattern of behavior. Right. You saw it with uh, Phil Spector, I believe, as well. Um, the government is going to say, look at all these patients claiming the same thing. They were sexually assaulted by their doctor. The government is going to rely on the numbers. And that's the other thing is once you get into the differences of medical experts, like you were talking about, determining what's right, what what's correct, what's the right procedure, what's the incorrect procedure, and how that's changed over the course of years. So many of these cases came from a, a time long before the statute of limitations. Uh, well, the, I should say the statute of limitations has long expired, so that's why some of them are not being prosecuted. Well, coming up next, we told you about Duncan Hunter, the the son that wrote his father's name straight into office. Well, he's in trouble for all of those misuses of campaign cash. Remember, he was spending oh, a bunch of campaign money on, on golf and clothes and trips and the whole bit. Well, now we're hearing that we're going to hear about his alleged affairs during this trial where they look into his campaign cash finance violations. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm stoked. <laughs> get me my get me my popcorn. Let's go. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Cuz I'm Gary and Shannon. Well, we started the show telling you that Mike Pence has canceled an event he had planned in New Hampshire, called back to the White House for a Emergency, non-emergency, and we're still not being told 
anything about why, other than it's not a medical issue involving the vice president or the president, but that Mike Pence just needed to be in D.C. for some reason today. But for the vice president to cancel an event like that, it's got to be something of substance. You you would think. I mean, there's just too many other things that are going on. There was, uh, we mentioned the announcement also that Vladimir Putin had canceled a, um, uh, had, had canceled an event and wanted to speak with his defense minister. And there was a weird story about a Russian submarine that had a fire and 14 Russian sailors were killed. So, but again, it's just a lot of secrecy around what exactly happened or what the event was, whether it was an emergency or not, what the event was that prompted Mike Pence to cancel his event today in New Hampshire. There was a new court filing late last night in the case of Representative Duncan Hunter. Of course, the Justice Department alleges that he and his wife illegally diverted a quarter of a million dollars in campaign funds for personal use, uh, lavish vacations, their kids' school tuition. And now federal prosecutors have accused Duncan Hunter of improperly using these campaign funds to pursue numerous romantic affairs hey, with congressional aides and lobbyists. How you doing? They say that he routinely used campaign funds to pay for Ubers, bar tabs, hotel rooms, and other expenses to fund at least five extramarital relationships. Gregory Vega. Who's got time for that? <laughs> Gregory Good Vega Lord. is Duncan Hunter's attorney, and he said, Your Honor, I'm afraid that these... Um, Personal indiscretions will be the focus of the trial instead of the hard evidence. And the judge said, screw you, counselor. He said, sit on it, Potsy. The jurors will be able to hear evidence of these extramarital affairs. Yeah. Uh, well, law professor at University of San Diego has followed this case and uh, told the AP, the evidence about the affair will definitely make Hunter uh, look bad to the jury. But it's relevant. Defendants sometimes commit crimes for unseemly reasons, but those reasons do get introduced at trial. And then went on to say, it's a bad day for Duncan Hunter. In one case back in 2010, Duncan Hunter allegedly took a lobbyist on a double date road trip to Virginia Beach with a fellow congressman. God, these oh guys are God. so shady. And then he charged his campaign for the hotel room and bar tab. Uh, another incident... 2015, he allegedly took a house leadership aide out for cocktails and took an Uber back to his office after they spent the night together. Both uh, both charges to his campaign account. And then he became intimately involved with a woman who worked in his congressional office, regularly paying for their dates with campaign funds. Well, I, I can see his argument. Like, if he's dating people from work... Then it's kind of a uh, work expense. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, if you remember, of course, Margaret Hunter, she was not in court yesterday. Margaret Hunter pleaded guilty last month to one corruption count, and she has agreed to testify against her husband. I'm sure if she knew about these indiscretions before, uh, I don't know. But I guarantee that if she found out since then, oh, she is that, jumping at the chance to testify against her husband. That may have been the piece of the puzzle that guaranteed her testimony. Yeah. If she didn't know he was screwing around or she at least had, she probably had an inkling, you know, because women always know. But like, 
she didn't have the proof or the evidence. And she also didn't have the public embarrassment of everybody knowing. I wouldn't be surprised if prosecutors went to her and they said, look, if you don't testify your husband against your husband, you're going to look like a damn fool. Because look at all of these women and all of these dates and all of these these sex meetings we have uncovered. It's all going to come out and you're going to look like a damn fool. Sex meetings. Sex meetings. I don't know, man. I don't know where I came up with that term. Give me something else. Uh, uh, sex rendezvous? Love rendezvous. <laughs> I don't think love oh, had anything to do with it. No. Uh, now, prosecutors also describe the the hunters as having been mired in debt. They had less than $1,000 in their bank accounts from 2009 to 2017. They owed money to stores like Macy's and Home Depot. They had fallen behind on their children's tuition payments. They were missing numerous mortgage payments. Listen, there there's something to be said. Every family goes through something at some time, probably. I mean, statistics show that you're going to have some short months and you're going to scramble and you're going to be clawing at, you know, paying your bills. That's not what they're on trial for. This is not a this is not, you know, Duncan Hunter wanted to make this sound like it was a witch hunt. To He stole the president's term, by the way, saying the FBI was going after him because they didn't like him. Well, hold on a second. The FBI may not like me. They're not going to find me taking people out to uh, dinner and sex meetings. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you say... And then charging the company for it. When we say sex meetings, it's like the least sexiest thing ever. Yeah, it took all the... uh, It just really... All the intrigue is gone. Yeah, sex meetings. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, he couldn't afford all this stuff. It's not like... He could afford it, but then you just don't live like that. Um, They, by the way, they are not, Republican Party is not calling on, uh, is not calling on Duncan Hunter to resign. He's already been stripped of all of his committee assignments after he was first indicted. So uh, Kevin McCarthy, the House minority leader, says, listen, he's going to have his day in court. We'll let the courts decide. You always, uh, you are always innocent until proven guilty. So... Coming up next, we will get you caught up on everything everyone's talking about. We talk trending. Gary and Channel will continue right after this. Get it, girls. Four minutes deep into this semifinal match oh, between was, United States and England. Was such a good shot, but England blocked it. Ooh, there's a penalty kick. That'll be a free kick from just outside the box. Gary and I have been doing play-by-play, and yeah. I gotta say, it is riveting. Sounds something like this. Oh, she kicked it. Oh, and she kicked it too. Oh, look at she kicked it to that other woman. I like their socks. <laughs> oh, it hit her in the head. Mm. Oh man, that's gotta hurt. That kick had force. Oh boy, can't wait till somebody scores anything. Why is the the television frozen, Hoff? I didn't do it. It says that it's waiting for the connection. Will you fix it? I don't think that's a fixable thing on this end. It's a television feature, and you're a man. You uh, should be able to is. fix it. There it is. She has a lot of teeth. She does. Well, I mean, not a lot of teeth, but they're more prominent than, than someone Why else's. Why are you judging someone based on their looks? So you brought up her teeth just now. It was bait. That's a horrible thing to say. They're all beautiful athletes. Maybe. Why can't they just be athletes? They don't have to be beautiful. But they happen to be beautiful as well. Do they look like her original teeth? Maybe they got uh, damaged in a previous uh, match? No. No, those I are originals. I think those are, yeah, oh. those oh, are originals. Right. I don't think there's... 
Because I don't think you would go, hey, uh, those look nice, but can I get them just a little bigger? <laughs> hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Well, Nike is in the news. Nike is pulling its Betsy Ross flag sneakers. That's a good idea. Because Colin Kaepernick has thrown his hands up in the air and said, this harkens back to slavery. First of all, is it weird that Nike released a Betsy Ross flag sneaker? Like, what year well, is this? Listen, I know a woman uh, that I live with who said something along these lines today. What if they were trying to honor women? Like, ah. Betsy Ross is a strong female character in American history. This is true. And for for Colin Kaepernick to be more offended by that than the fact that he was not allowing Nike to honor women in such a way. Nah, you know what? Listen, your wife's just pissed off at Colin Kaepernick for the fact that he forced it to Michael Crabtree instead of running the ball in with Frank Gore. By the way, do not, do not start her down that train. I know. I've seen it It, it get crazy. It goes there, from zero to 100 real quick. There is not enough Casamigos Blanca in the world to keep her calm after she starts going down that Don't Crabtree. mention 326 on the clock to her. Oh, my god. I mean, gosh. even if you're over at your house cooking something. Yeah. How much time's left on that uh, on that fillet? And she looks over and she sees that those numbers on the clock. Oh. She threw a spatula at the at the refrigerator the other day and dented it. And all I heard was this like grumble, something like that. Sue Bird is the girlfriend of Megan Rapino. 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 I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I went down that Google hole. Well, it turns out Sue Bird wrote a, it was actually kind of a funny, very long uh, blog post, I guess you could call it, article, whatever, on uh, the Players' Tribune that was defending her girlfriend, Megan Rapino from President Trump and the Twitter tirade that he had gone on against her, even though this, it needs to die. The whole yeah. going back and forth and stuff that just needs to die. Either either someone's arguing about the wrong thing here or it, it listen, it doesn't affect anybody. Stop it. Fire Festival back in the news trending today because the island that was used in all those promotional videos for the Fire Festival is up for sale. Eleven point eight million dollars. That doesn't seem like a lot. Um I asked Fred Rogan if we could borrow $11.8 million to buy this island. Oh, he was in. He was ready. Yeah, he, he was all in. But his argument was that we needed a few basic infrastructure things before he would... He wanted water and yeah. uh, and some sort of lodgings. But that's not why you go there. Mm-mm. You don't go there for water or lodgings. You go there for the opportunity to dig a hole on the beach. Lodgings. <laughs> lodgings. Go! Blake, what's the name of the woman who's uh, filling in for Megan Rapino today? Presley? Kristen Press. Press. She uh, just uh, she scored. Just scored. Yep. It hit her in the head. Mm. On purpose? Well, I assume so. She so, seemed for, to... 
For the next goal call, it's got to be three times that length, what you just did. I don't know if I'm ready for that. You are. You are born ready. Yeah, you can prep. All right. I'll see if I can get my teeth out of the way. Um, This fire festival thing, though, the idea that you would spend $11.8 million for just one one island is, I should say, a 35-acre private island seems to be a pretty good deal for $11.8 million for that for that climate. So that's what I'm going to say. We have a huge 1 o'clock hour coming up for you, including the story about the serial toilet clogger. We're going to get to that right before we get to Tasty Tuesday. In the meantime, speaking of serial toilet... There was a Goop Wellness Summit in London. (laughs) When was this? And Uh, furthermore, we need to go to one of these and broadcast live and interview some of these people. We could do... God, that would be scary. We could do Maple Pecan Mid-Mornings from Goop Land. Like stay in character throughout the whole interview? Oh my gosh, that would be incredible. I don't know if I'd be able to keep a straight... I I don't know. Yeah, you would. We'd steam it out of you. I mean, we'd. I'm Ew. sorry. Ew. We'd, no. No. I mean, you're right, meant. Gary and Channel will continue. Do don't, we? Don't make me jade egg you over there. Oh, there's. <laughs> oh man. There's fewer options to where that goes. Yeah. For you. I only have. Uh, yep. All right. We don't need to give specifics. Hey, Monica. What's up? Gary and Shannon, so we got a little heat for not giving a spoiler alert. Sorry, I got caught up in the moment. I don't know who's winning the England-USA semifinal. I'm not going to say what just happened. I'm not going to say what just happened either, say but something ha- may have happened. Something might have happened in something the game. Something may have happened. It may not have happened. In the match, right? We call it a match. In the match. match. Something may have made it more interesting or less interesting. We're not going to say any more about the match. But we're watching. But it is exciting and tense. We, we just said we're not going to say anything <laughs> know, about it. I it's so hard. At the bottom of the hour, we'll get into Swamp Watch and try to come up with some sort of a, a reason for Mike Pence staying in Washington, D.C. When you look at uh, his press secretary, the vice president's press secretary, she said that Mike Pence never actually left D.C. today, even though there was a, a report early on that Air Force Two had to be brought back into Washington because of some sort of an emergency. And we haven't heard anything exactly what that was, even though they said there was no danger, it's no national security threat or anything like that. But White House has been quiet. President's been quiet. The vice president's been quiet. We don't know exactly what's been going on. We'll try to get to the bottom of that. I feel like we should have goop music, don't you? We spend some time talking about goop on the on the show. We do. Gwyneth Paltrow and her lifestyle brand and the, the things that she sells for ridiculous amounts of money that seem to do nothing but rich people on the West Side gobble them up. Yeah. And you know what? I kind of dig that there's a brand of a bunch of crap that isn't realistic that sells for crazy amounts of money that rich people waste their money on. Like there's a little bit of poetry in that. A little bit of poetry in taking from the uh, people that have the FNU money. Well, you know, it's for funny. things like jade eggs to shove in Orify. This is a Reiki five minute timer. 
Oh. Healing music. I like this. Okay. I could get into this. Uh, Although it kind of makes you want to go to the PP room. There, there was a. Uh, do you hear the stream? I do hear the stream. Do you hear the bell? What does that mean? I don't know. I'm not a gooper. Um, the, the bell's nice. Somebody got to go to the Goop Land in London, the Goop Wellness Summit in London. And the woman who wrote this article, to your point about who you would expect to go to one of these things, she says. With their toned arms and streaked blonde hair, a surprising number of these women strongly resemble Gwyneth herself, which only adds to the peak click ambiance. The vibe? Just what you'd expect from a bunch of affluent chickadees used to extravagance in getting what they want, hang out together for a day. She bought the $5,000 weekender ticket to the event. No, no, she wanted to. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. She only got the Saturday ticket. Oh, how much does that go for? About a thousand dollars. A thousand bucks, a little more than that. So for that, she gets breakfast, lunch, snacks, beauty treatments, and an exercise class with Gwyneth's personal trainer. But only one quick moment with Gwyneth. In fact, it's very funny. She said that she tried to uh, she tried to meet her face to face, and she comes by the coffee bar. So she says, Gwyneth, I begin at the start of hopefully a long and deep conversation in which we discuss everything from the paprika cleanse to why she split up with Brad Pitt in 1997. But then Gwyneth says, I'm really sorry. I can't stop. And then just walks away. That's the end of the interview. Did you see what she wrote about Gwyneth Paltrow's outburst on stage? Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow cried from the stage. What a C. And what a D. She says, I never make it through the day without swearing. I've seen that in interviews with her. Uh, I've seen that she's uh, she swears like a trucker. The situation, the summit, was during a day when it was 90 plus degrees hot. And they were not merely encouraged to drink water there, but to hydrate mindfully and to keep cool with dairy-free vegan chalk ices. That was a close one. That was probably as close as I've ever come. (laughs) Oh, that would have been a... That would have been good. Now, Tracy Anderson is Gwyneth's exercise coach and says, in the exercise class, there's annoyance that many cannot see the tiny trainer. She issues no instructions from her position at the top of the gym. We're just supposed to follow her moves, which are marvelously easy, but only if you happen to be a particularly bendy Olympic athlete. And she says, as Tracy contorts her body into another hamstring twanging position, I notice that under her strappy unitard, she doesn't even wear a bra. Well, some women don't need to, you know? I suppose. Bless them. I suppose. The day began at 8 a.m. with a breakfast of cashew nut porridge (laughs) and granola garnished with edible flowers. No. Shoot me. Not the flowers. One girl with a particularly vacant expression spends the entire time rearranging the cashew nut porridge and granola and taking photographs of it from every angle. 
Oh, holy hell. The, oh, this is great. The coffee is served with a choice of five milks, but you have to ask to get the cow version. What? <laughs> because it's so shameful. If you drink cow's milk, you're basically killing turtles with straws. Um, to distract myself, says the author of the piece, I browse the goop sex section. Oh. Sells four differently shaped... Jade eggs? No. Oh. Vibrators. Sure. Called the millionaire, the fireman, the Frenchman... I want you to and stop. And tennis coach. I don't know why and when these titles she, are troubling. She asks the desk attendant... Which one is Gwyneth's favorite? She says, all of them. <laughs> At the age of 45, Penelope Cruz, who happens to be there to help join in some of the talks. That was your timer, by the way. It was your Reiki timer. Yeah, I've hit the time. I've hit the time limit. Penelope's going through perimenopause. Now that I know what kind of vibrator Gwyneth Paltrow enjoys. Penelope says she hates it when the men in her life leave the dinner table when she wants to talk about her hormones. All right. I'm pulling the car over. Oh. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that every man wants to leave the dinner table when you talk about your hormones. Okay. How many men go to the Goop Wellness uh, Festival? Do you think? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to do Goop stories anymore. I mean, that one really, that one really struck a chord. And there was not even a jade egg in the whole thing, not one in the whole article. Where did they come up with the names of the things? Yes. What does that even mean? The millionaire. The fireman. The Frenchman. What does that mean? <laughs> They're all affairs. Oh, Blake. It's clearly what they never mind. What? <laughs> oh, I want to hear Blake's uh, math. No, show the, show those, me your math here. Those are all like fantasy affairs. Oh. You had Is, to have Blake explain that? I to did. You? I did not understand that. Oh, I feel <laughs> worse now. All right. And furthermore. And furthermore. Yes. Who thinks a millionaire is good at sex? Wasn't uh, wasn't the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey guy? That a was a book. That was a that was a make believe. Well, okay, so these are not used for make believe. All right, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to break are we this talking down about this? <laughs> we'll get into politics when we come back. Uh, Swamp Watch, Thank of course, and figure out what in the world. I can't wait to talk about Mike Pence. In the Pence. world is Mike Pence. Whoever thought we'd want to talk about Mike Pence? Gary and Shannon, coming up at one o'clock, we will have Alex Stone on to break down this Nike mess that Colin Kaepernick started when he demanded they uh, get rid of their Betsy Ross sneakers. The one that's created quite the secret market. For these sneakers. They're going for like $2,000 a pair. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Demand shot up once people realized that they couldn't get them. Uh, also, Tasty Tuesday coming up at about 1.30 today. Neil Saavedra will join us. 
and oh, I it, finally made the burgers by his instructions. By the way, yeah, yeah, uh, and they well, I'll tell you how they turned out. Do that. Twelve thirty is when we dive into all things Washington. Drain the swamp. We're gonna drain the swamp of Washington. We're gonna have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. It looks like Democrats in the House are suing for the president's tax returns. We'll go live to Washington coming up and get an update on how that's going to go. But the big story out of Washington today is the hell's going on with Mike Pence. Yeah, right before the show started, we got a word. A couple of different news organizations had said that Air Force Two, the plane carrying the vice president, had taken off and was on its way towards New Hampshire. The vice president was to take part in an opioid crisis discussion and that the plane returned to um, to Andrews and that the vice president was summoned back to the White House because of some emergency. Well, since that happened, since the original reports came out, the vice president's press office, the secretary, Alyssa Farah, came out and said the president, uh, sorry, the vice president had never left D.C., wasn't called back. The plane wasn't turned around and, in fact, just went to the White House because of because he was needed there, but said that it wasn't a national security issue and that there was no emergency. One of the odd things is at about the exact same time, Russian President Vladimir Putin canceled his appearance at a scheduled event. There was a fire that killed 14 sailors on board one of Moscow's research uh, submarines. And they're saying that that may be the reason that Vladimir Putin canceled his appearance. But it's just odd that Mike Pence canceled something at the same time, prompting people to wonder if potentially there was something going on going on with Iran. Uh, And by the way, they've been quiet. The president, at least according to the schedule that was put out earlier today by the White House, the president has no public events planned today. And uh, other than Mike Pence's day in New Hampshire, where he was talking about uh, opioids, there was no real big events scheduled for either one of them. And the president himself, usually you look to Twitter to see if he's been uh, doing anything, saying anything. And it's all about... Robert Mueller being asked to testify about the 4th of July salute to America. The economy is good. I beat Hillary Clinton in every debate. Yes, he did tweet that earlier today. Uh, so it, there's no indication as to exactly what what would have happened that would have prompted Mike Pence to stay in D.C. and cancel the event. According to his press secretary, something just came up. But that doesn't really hold water because things don't just come up for the vice president to to the tune of him canceling an event got to be something big that comes up not just like ah yeah and i mean there was a the potential for there to be the the vice president is an important member of the national security team and if something were to happen some sort of military action on our behalf then it would make sense that the the vice president would be involved or at least be uh involved in some of the discussions but we don't know um that's again they've been very quiet about exactly what uh why the vice president stayed in dc today well the president has put together quite the party for fourth of july there will not be tanks moving down pennsylvania avenue because the roads just can't hold those tanks be a mess um but they will be there there will be quite the flyover show 
And some people are having a problem with this, this show of military force, making it look like a, a dictatorship. There was a there's a saying the the one who most recently said this was uh, John Kennedy the uh, Republican congressman out of Louisiana. He said confidence is silent or I should say confidence is quiet uh and instability is loud. Yeah, they say it's more uh banana republic than than world's oldest democracy. You you can you can have incredible pride in america and not want to see tanks rolling down pennsylvania avenue that's a weird thing to me it's a weird image that would potentially be uh, be brought out on friday if in fact it went that way um and we've done them before we've done military parades before but you know when we do them we do them when we win and we do them uh, after world war one or after world war ii when the 82nd infantry marched through new york that's when we do it we don't do it just because it happens to be. We don't need to beat our chests uh, in a, on a on an off day just to beat our chests. They say that the fireworks show may be the biggest fireworks display ever in the D.C. area, thanks to donations from two of the country's biggest pyrotechnic companies. Which is great. I love fireworks. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what we're supposed to do on the Fourth of July. But isn't there a cleanup issue? Well, yeah, there is a cleanup issue. The National Park Service, they say, is going to be on the hook for the overtime that this cleanup is going to entail. Mm. Um, No word on what the price tag of that is going to be. I'm sure reporters will dig into it and we'll know by Monday. There's also quite the concert. We've got Carole King, Vanessa Williams, Kobe Calais, National Symphony, uh, Symphony Orchestra, and the Sesame Street Muppets. (laughs) <laughs> throwing throwing the Muppets for good measure, eh? <laughs> well, come on. They're very American. Uh, P.S. Yes. We should note that we do have a new spokesperson for the administration in Stephanie Grisham. This happened while we were gone, and we kind of predicted that this was going to be the pick. She was serving as the First Lady's uh, Chief of Staff, and she has taken over for Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And I got to believe she's got to be holding something coming up in the next couple days. If maybe. You, maybe. Like an introduction of some kind? Something. Uh, she was introduced to those North Korean security guards the other day very quickly. She got bruised, apparently. She got roughed up while she was uh, with the president as he was meeting with Kim Jong-un and the demilitarized zone. Some of the North Korean security were trying to push the media back. And she was trying to clear a path so that they could get pictures, I guess, very well. And uh, they roughed her up a little bit. That's not good. When we come back. Mark Remillard's going to join us. We're talking about the uh, the latest lawsuit against the Trump administration trying to get the president's tax returns. You're going to find them, and there's going to be nothing there, and you're going to be disappointed. Also, some new polling uh, with the Democratic nominees for president and some shifting around of the names on that leaderboard. Shifting. Gary and Shannon will continue. You get, we'll get to play our thing. Oh, that's we didn't play it yesterday. That's what we that's did why play it yesterday. The polls, the poll song. We didn't play the poll. Not song. the poll song. We but played the introduction. Yeah. All right. So there was a little bit of a shocker in the Real Housewives world today. 
The Real Housewives of Orange County season 14 is coming out in August, and Vicky is only going to be like a friend on the show. She's not going to be one of the main women. That's why she sort of begged her guy to propose to her because she didn't want to be downgraded. Yeah. But she doesn't have a storyline. How can yeah, Vicky not I, have a storyline? That's line? the thing. She doesn't need a storyline. She just needs to blow up everybody else's life. I mean, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I feel like Kelly's doing that now. Yeah, she, yeah. And she's younger. Isn't that sad? No, I don't like Vicky that much. <laughs> wow. Vicky is the only one I have a picture with. From what year? Oh, man. It's probably six or seven years ago. I had a ago. picture with Heather Debro from around. She oh, came I do she was like here. her. Yeah. yeah. She's great. She's yeah. tiny. They're all so tiny she's, in real life. She sat so at my you. desk. She uh, is very tiny. She's like a 5'1 and 75 to 92 pounds. You're, you're tiny, too. I had to get the smallest leggings available for your birthday. I love my leggings, uh, which have a picture of Lisa Rinna Can you all over them. Just time out for a second. Could you put your put earmuffs? Yeah. Hey guys, tomorrow is Shannon's birthday. <laughs> Are you going to be here? No. To celebrate? No, she's not. No. Mark Remillard is joining us uh, from <laughs> New York. Mark, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Uh, great. Now, today we found out that House Democrats have filed a lawsuit against the administration trying to get, once again, the president's tax returns. Yeah, that's right. The House Ways and Means Committee essentially is asking now for a court to step in and force the Trump administration, i.e. the Treasury Department, to comply with their subpoenas for six years of President Trump's tax returns. Uh, they say back in April they sent a letter requesting materials, which uh, is they say is under their purview as a committee to request the tax return information of anyone uh, for any reason, that they don't even have to provide a reason for that. Uh, they sent a letter in April. They said that that was not complied with by the Treasury. Then they issued subpoenas in May. That was not complied with. And so now they're asking a court to step in and force the compliance. Uh, is this going to go anywhere? I mean, uh, this seems to be setting up this uh, for the issue, the courts to come in and make this decision. But I just feel like this is not going to go anywhere. It might not. Um, you know, there's no guaranteed outcome here for either side. Um, but I think what you have here is uh, the committee saying that this is uh, a congressional issue, that this is part of their duty as Congress to have oversight of the IRS and the Treasury. That's part of their mandate as the House Ways and Means Committee. And the uh, and this is for the first time that they said in their complaint, this is the first time they know of that the Treasury has refused to comply with a request, which they're citing a specific statute that allows them to issue those requests. So they say, you know, this is in part uh, a constitutional issue in the fact that the Trump administration is denying Congress its constitutional oversight. I guess one of the other issues is what do they expect to find? I mean, they assume that That's they're uh, they assume <laughs> they're going to find a bunch of uh, bad things that the president is uh, or or had yeah, that's the thing I don't understand. On he's taxes, got not or? just one tax guy like all of us, but he's got a team of tax attorneys who specialize on how to get around paying certain taxes and loopholes. And it, does 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 the House think that 
Donald Trump hasn't been on the IRS's radar, that he's been like some pub, uh, some private person cheating the IRS for decades? <laughs> just... Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. And, you know, I was talking with a colleague of mine just a minute ago, too, about like whether or not, you know, was this something that even the special counsel has perhaps already looked at? We don't know. Um, and, and whether or not his returns have already been examined, at least by a federal prosecutor. Um, so we, we don't we simply don't know and we don't know what's in them. Um, but what is interesting in this complaint by the House Ways and Means Committee is that they've essentially used President Trump's own words against him. They say, basically, we're, we're not required to issue a reason for these requests, but we will anyways, and we will say that basically they're uh, investigating the IRS in, in general and their various tax laws, compliance of tax laws by President Trump. So we're looking at President Trump and whether or not he's you know, uh, probably been filing his taxes correctly, whether he's done anything illegal there. But then on top of that, uh, the IRS does a mandatory audit of a sitting president and vice president's tax returns while they're in office. And so they're saying, we want to just make sure that that is occurring and working properly. And they've used President Trump's own words against him by saying that when President Trump was a candidate, he repeatedly criticized the IRS for continuously auditing him, saying that he's under continuous audit, that it's extremely unfair. And they say, well, Let's look into that then. So in a, in a way, they're kind of, uh, you know, like I said, using Trump's own words against him, whether or not that will fly with the court and, and persuade a court, you know, remains to be seen. Mark right. Remillard, thanks. Great stuff as always. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now, remember, one of the things that came out of, <clears throat> excuse me, tax return issues before was when Rachel Maddow claimed that she had Trump's tax returns. And then she had. Oh, that was a. Was it. That was a, so maddening. Two pages. Yeah. Uh, and, and all it did was show that he. He made $150 million in 2005, deducted $100 million in losses, and paid $38 million in taxes. All right, bad news for Bernie Sanders. Two more polls out today. CNN poll has Bernie Sanders dropping four points into fourth place. Uh-oh. And a Quinnipiac University poll shows a similar picture. Sanders dropping from 19% to 13% and falling into fourth place. A new She's in love with that pole. A new Iowa poll has him in fourth place. You know, uh, I was surprised to see that in terms of the fundraising, Pete Buttigieg has uh, has brought in more money than Bernie Sanders in the second quarter. Yeah, this poll from Iowa, this is a Suffolk University USA Today poll, has Biden at 24%, still in the lead, Harris at 16 and second, Warren at 13 in third, Sanders at nine and fourth, and Pete Buttigieg right behind him. So he's in the top tier now. It's interesting. Yeah. The other thing, the other headline that's been I've been seeing a lot of this morning is that Pete Buttigieg is polling at zero percent among black voters. Zero percent. So if he could change any of that. Uh, there's a chance that he could jump up above Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren as well. So uh, we were mentioning, uh, I was mentioning that Pete Buttigieg had brought in about $20 million and Bernie Sanders $18 million. Do you know how much President Trump brought in for his second quarter campaign? $105 million. Well, he raised, what, 24 in the, or 25 in the 24 hours after he announced yeah. or started his campaign? And effort? the thing is, it, it's part of it is because you've got 25 candidates on the Democratic side that if they were to narrow that down, whoever it is that would, you know, top two or three candidates, they could probably bring in a bunch of money as well. But 
just uh, the divided uh, divided team that they are right now. All right, coming back. Uh, Alex Stone is going to join us. We're going to be talking about this uh, the Nike issue today, pulling a, a flag-themed tennis shoe because of the potential that our history was bad. Next. On this uh, Tuesday, it's July 2nd, we have been uh, keeping an eye on what's going on. Of course, they're in France, England-USA in the semifinal match of uh, one of the semifinal matches in the... uh, I'm not going to tell you what the score is or anything like that. It's just exciting. I'll tell you that. It is exciting. You all right? You going to make it? Yeah, I'll make it. I don't believe that's the case, but... uh, at 1.30, Neil Savager is going to join us. Uh, Fork Reporter, of course, talking about a couple of things. Number one, he gave me those great instructions on making burgers. And uh, I think my wife and daughter would tell you that those were the best burgers that I had made up to this point. So we'll talk about uh, his instructions that he laid out for me and the cool equipment that he gave me to perfect my backyard burgers. Nike began a, began a marriage with Colin Kaepernick and their sales have soared because of it. Well, this morning, Colin Kaepernick took issue with a flag-themed Nike tennis shoe. And so Nike responded. Alex Stone is covering the story and joins us now. Alex, break this one down for us, please. Well, hello, Shannon. Happy almost birthday. Thank you. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, flag-themed uh, shoe that, that Nike, uh, they had already shipped it out uh, to the stores. They were getting ready to sell it. It was going to go on sale this week. And then abruptly, and nobody knew why right away, but that they ordered the stores to return the shoes and said, do not sell them. Some have ended up on the shoe black market right now, which is a real deal, and people pay crazy amounts for shoes, but because it's now a shoe that shouldn't be out there on the market, but the, the issue here being that the heel of the shoe has a U.S. flag with the, the stars in a circle, and uh, it's the Betsy Ross flag. It's called the Air Max One USA shoe. It was going to go on sale this week, and, and not any longer, because Colin Kaepernick, who is the face of that Nike advertising campaign, jumped in and said, no, it's offensive because it represents an era of slavery in the U.S. It was created in the 1770s. The 13 stars represent the 13 original colonies, and he made the point to Nike that they need to pull this shoe, and you can imagine now how much this is costing Nike to make all of these shoes, to market them, to ship them out, and then to have to pull them all back in and not sell them. Uh, I understand that Colin Kaepernick is an important figure when it comes to Nike, but if if this was going to be an issue, why wasn't he... Uh, consulted before this thing would, was produced, before it was shipped? I don't get that. Yeah, and uh, nobody really knows if he knew about it beforehand or uh, was it that he started getting comments about it because there were others on social media once word uh, got out that they were going to produce this shoe or at least begin selling the shoe that, uh, that then maybe he was alerted to it. Uh, we don't know. But Nike put out a statement a little while ago saying about 10 minutes ago, we regularly uh, make business decisions to withdraw initiatives, products, and services. Nike made that decision to halt distribution of the Air Max One Quick Strike 4th of July. They gave it a slightly different name based on concerns that it could unintentionally offend and detract from the nation's patriotic holiday. And then, but now you've got Governor Ducey of Arizona 
saying that, that he's going to be uh, pulling back the tax incentives that Arizona was giving Nike. He says Arizona's economy is doing just fine without Nike. We don't need to suck up the companies that uh, degenerate, 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 you know what I'm saying, sure. our nation's history. Um, but he's saying that... Denig- denigrate. Yeah, there you go. Got it, all right. It uh, doesn't look like what he wrote here. But yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> the... Um, the, so they're saying, well, fine, we're not going to a for a complex that, that, that Nike is, is building in Arizona. He says those tax incentives are going to go away. He sees this as a slap uh, against the country. So now you've got Arizona and Nike going after one another. Yeah, I just think that uh, Kaepernick's going to get whatever he wants when it comes to Nike just because of the bump in sales that the company has seen ever since they, they signed, he signed on with them. Yeah, it's been successful, and you remember when he did sign on with them and when they began putting up the billboards with his face on it and the commercials that, that have been running, that it was highly controversial. And people thought it would backfire on Nike, that here you've got a guy who hasn't played in the NFL since 2016 uh, with the, the kneeling controversy, with the claims that have been made against the, the NFL, settling the collusion grievances with the league, that... There, there's a lot of controversy when it comes to, to him and supporting a brand. But it has apparently worked for Nike that they have shown in their earnings that since he has come on board that they have done pretty darn well, that, that their sales have gone up. So he holds a lot of weight in the company. And it appears in this case he called up Nike and said, look, that uh, you got to pull this shoe. It's offensive to uh, to a certain population. And you can't be selling this thing. And I mean, I'm sure there were some real serious discussions going on at Nike for the amount of money that this is going to cost them, but that they sided with them and they decided to pull it. Alex, just one more question. Why did Kaepernick decide to not run the ball with three minutes and 20 <laughs> seconds left? I wondered where you were going to go with clock. that. Just the way you, uh, you teed that one up. That's a good question. <laughs> it is a good question, Nobody knows. It? Nobody knows the answers to such things. There, but Mr. now I want to know the barbecue secret that I'm going to have to tune in for uh, coming up with uh, Neil. Where's Jimmy Hoffa and why didn't Kaepernick run the ball? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Alex, thank you. Bye, guys. Uh, the whole controversy over whether or not Colin Kaepernick has the ability, the sway perhaps, to pull an entire product from Nike's uh, shelves is interesting to me. And it's... I, if I were a Nike shareholder, it would worry me that there's one guy who has that much power to to pull the plug on something like that. It would worry me. Because if Colin Kaepernick finds it offensive, but the rest of society does not, then I, I don't know. Would you have, I would never even have noticed that the, that the shoe had a 13... 13- uh, star flag on it. It's pretty or, prominent. Or, or I, I mean, it's prominent. It's on the back. It would be on the heel. Yeah. But but the idea then that if I looked at that and then the immediate symbolism was slavery. Slavery. Yeah, I that, wouldn't think that. Um, and I'm not saying I. I would think history. Uh, there's p- certain parts of history that are terrible and certain parts of history that we should laud. Um, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. I would think that a lot of Nike's customers though are huge supporters of Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Oh, clearly now they are. But but that doesn't mean that they also jump to the same conclusion that he does when he sees that symbol, when he sees the flag. But uh, who knows? All right. Coming up next, uh, a cereal toilet clogger. Oh, right. And then Tasty Tuesday. Not connected. Stories are not connected. No, but they, it is a nice it is a nice segue there from 
Gary and Shannon will continue. going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good idea. No. Read it. No. Come on. You're idiots. Is that what they said? Let's talk about... No, I want to know what happened. Somebody was mad at us. It's, you know, he's just explaining why it's offensive. I know why he thinks it's offensive. Okay. Why do people think I, I I understand why I slavery is offensive? Of course it's offensive. I mean, of course the idea of slavery is offensive, but the idea that that flag represents slavery is is weird. There's a lot of that flag represented the country, and yes, slavery was a horrible black eye and just an absolute disgrace. But we have a country that does not uh, that does not partake in slavery anymore. You make. I've got a story about, about a man from Sheboygan. Oh, Shapoopy. A thirty-five-year-old man from Sheboygan was sentenced yesterday, unfortunately, to three years of probation. Why, you ask? Because he was clogging women's toilets. By the way, side I, note, yeah. uh, Monica, have you been in our bathroom today? Uh-oh. First stall on the left? Oh, not again. What happened? Urine on said toilet seat. Dude. How do you guys do that? I don't. How, I no. don't do that. How do you do that? I don't. Is someone floating? What? Floating? What does that mean? Hovering, you mean? Hovering, sure. Floating. <laughs> <laughs> floating guess. has a different meaning when we're talking about bathrooms, uh, Gary. Listen, I guess there's a hover in our midst. But well, here's yeah. the thing. When you're hovering, if you then end up peeing on the toilet seat, mm-hmm. if you're a decent human being and not a monster, you Clean. wipe it off. A monster. Yeah. Okay. God, dude. I get it. Wow, stop with the sighing. You guys are killing me. This is incredible. Patrick Beeman, originally charged with 12 misdemeanors of criminal damage to property. Seven of them were dismissed. You mentioned 150 days in jail, more than $5,500 in restitution because he was clogging the women's toilets. According to a criminal complaint, officers found a toilet in the women's bathroom at the DeLand Community Center clogged by a plastic bottle last March. Water was overflowing from the toilet. Officers oh. reviewed 10 similar incidents okay. where toilets were clogged. I originally thought he was taking nature's route to That's do this, what I it, thought, too, but, but he's it, just shoving plastic bottles down there. Now, officials were able to figure out that this was the guy who did it because they spoke to the manager at the temp agency for which Patrick worked, who said Patrick had been damaging toilets at other companies where he was placed by the agency. And he was the only employee there about a month. Manager said that Patrick was placed at another company where incidents of similar nature began to happen. According to the complaint, Patrick told police. I mean, you may be asking a very simple question, which is, why would you do that, Patrick? Patrick's explanation to the police was, 
he gets the urges to do odd things like look for bottles in the garbage to plug toilets. And he did stop. He did stop when he found out that police were investigating. We're disgusting people. We are I mean, disgusting You know, the world creatures. is full of just sick ass people. Hey, uh, just up, just uh, real quick. Yeah. Riverside firefighters are on the scene of a wildfire. This one was reported about 1230 this afternoon in Sycamore Canyon Regional Park. Fire was first reported about 10 to 15 acres. According to reports, protection is being set up for homes and apartments north and south of the fire area. We don't have any evacuation orders in place right now, um, but firefighters are establishing protection along the Lockmore Drive north of the fire and then an apartment complex to the southeast. They do have water dropping aircraft that have been called to the scene. Uh, by the way, don't wait for them to come. If you can smell and see the fire, you're pretty close. And that's close enough chances are for you to just get it. So go somewhere else for a couple of hours until you can figure out that you're... Uh... According to Riverside Police, they say they've got some road closures. Central Avenue from Canyon Crest Drive to Lockmore Drive. Lockmore Drive from Central to Fair Isle Drive there. Again, this is a fire burning in the Sycamore Canyon Wilderness Park. Keep an eye on that. When we come back, uh, Neil Saavedra is going to join us, Fork Reporter. We're going to talk about a couple of things, including uh, the burgers that he had uh, gave me some incredible instructions for. We'll talk about how they turned out this weekend. We've also been watching the uh, USA-England semifinal match in Women's World Cup. There's about uh, They're in their 70th minute, so they got about 20 minutes left in the match. And uh, it's been very exciting. No spoilers. Don't tell anybody what just happened, but that was also an exciting moment. Ooh, and there's another one. There's another excitement. It's all exciting. It's all excitement. Oh, she kicked it. Your play-by-play is spot on. Do you see the Alex Morgan uh, Don't say now? what happened. No, memes. Oh, the memes. Yes, I have seen the memes. Yes. Yeah. They're also fun. All right. Set me free from my jealousy. This uh, Tuesday, it's July 2nd. A couple stories we're keeping our eyes on. We expect a news conference about an hour from now from Angels officials talking about the death of 27-year-old pitcher Tyler Skaggs. He was found dead in his hotel room there in Texas. The game last night, of course, was canceled, uh, postponed. They'll reschedule it some other time, and they're going to hold a moment of silence today before they take on the Rangers in Texas a couple of hours from now. But again, an hour from now is when Angels officials are expected to hold a news conference. And I don't know if they'll have any information as to what the cause of death was, uh, if the family will be able to have given them any information about what uh, what caused Tyler's death. But just an unusual, strange 27-year-old kid, you know, the, the fact that he would be in, you would assume, the prime of his health. Uh, having passed away in a hotel room. The other story was that we had, right at the beginning of the show, been told that Vice President Mike Pence um, had been ordered to stay in Washington, D.C., or called back to the White House because of some emergency, although 
the vice president's press secretary had said there was nothing dangerous and it, it sort of downplayed the word emergency, that it didn't have anything to do with national security. But he had to cancel an event in New Hampshire today. And uh, we haven't heard one word from the White House or the vice president's uh, press team or anything about exactly what was going on with that. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that, see if any get any more get and if we get any more information about it soon. Hey Nick. Yeah, Shannon. What did one slice of bread say to the other slice of bread when he saw some butter and jam on the table? I don't know what. We're toast. <laughs> Let me teach you how to eat. I get it. Let me teach you how to eat. Monica, Monica, do you want to do the nuts joke? Oh. <laughs> uh, that's. Oh, no? All right. Maybe did you next, hear it? Did maybe you, next week. It's okay. Is, is Nick... It's not really a food. Yeah. It's not a food one, but Neil would appreciate it. Neil, did you hear the one about the testicles dipped in glitter? No. Pretty nuts. I love her. Don't you love her? Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. About the boat captain that walked in with a steering wheel in his pants. He goes, what's that for? I don't know, but it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, we're we could group. do this for 20 minutes. No, we yeah. could not. I No, we can't. Petros and Money do it twice a week. Only twice? Twice a week for 20 minutes. They do uh, balls jokes. Well, it's sports well, station. Of yeah. course, they're going to talk about balls. Uh, oh. See, that was another one. <laughs> hey, Neil. I'm out. What's going on? Neil Savatra is host of uh, of the Fork Report right here on KFI. Welcome back, kids. It's good to see your faces. Oh. I only wish you meant that. I love. Oh, no, I do. I keep track <laughs> of where you guys go. I know you were on this uh, luxurious vacation to gay perry and uh, gary had went to solving so <laughs> that about sums it up wow the difference in our weeks two two wider vacations i could not think of <laughs> um let me throw this in there it's so I, true i, I well, would have gone at to the madonna inn in the cave room <laughs> I would have gone to Ostrich Land, USA, had it not been closed. Also white. Yeah. Also white yeah. as hell. Yeah. Very, very true. They're like birds, but bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, precious. That chicken. Good for you. Hey, we're oh gonna get. Oh my gosh, in... he said bonjour. We... <laughs> oh, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Oh, he said bonjour. We. Uh... I'm gonna get a baguette. <laughs> She's gonna, gonna pee. pee her pants. She literally. Yeah, she, she's leaving so that and she, walking like she can go leave my it son on Max the uh, does. on the seat. Yeah, and it's like oh, you gotta go. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, sir. Thursday's a big grilling day for a lot of people. And oh yeah, a couple of weeks ago you gave me some uh, accoutrement for my grill uh, and some instructions on grilling what we described would be the perfect hamburger. Yeah, based on um, the, the styles that you like, a pub-style yep. thicker burger. Uh, I, I pulled some punches on this thing. I'm not going to lie. I didn't go full full bore on it yet because well, I no, want to make sure I get some of the incremental steps right. You got you got all the tools. Yes. Any two or three of those are going to get you to where you want to go. One of the things was a griddle that I threw on the on the grill itself, and uh, you, you included a little diagram for me to, to turn on 
I have four burners across. Yeah. To turn on one high under the griddle, one medium next to the griddle, and then leave the other two off. They were gonna that area is gonna stay warm, you know, etc. Yeah. Uh I didn't go out and buy ground beef. I have a, one of those meat subscription services, which sounds very strange and could be a dating app one day. No. But uh they have three patties it, you know they, the little packages one of them had three patties which was perfect because it was me yeah, my wife and daughter were they four or six ounce they were probably four ounce they're about yay big yeah they were probably four ounce they were patties. probably about four ounce they tend to be four ounce patties in those uh let them thaw in the fridge got them to the right temperature and everything and like you said i left them in the fridge until it was time to grill mm-hmm. and then throw them on the grill and season and you said not to be too stingy with the seasoning no. so i went a little overboard i it, felt with some of the salt and pepper and that up. was it just salt and pepper a couple minutes flip it over salt and pepper and then until the internal temperature hit a thing throw it on the griddle to sear it pop a cheese thing and my steam oh. bowl cover thing oh, on yeah. top of that All right Everybody in the house said those were the best burgers that they've had. It, and it's nothing It's nothing special. The, with cooking of any kind, it's confi- troubleshooting and confidence. And if you're not sure, it's like, oh, you tend to outthink yourself. Well, I'll leave them on a minute longer. Or I'll, when you've got a thermometer, when you know, you know what they should look like, sound like, all those things, when you're putting season on it, the, the problem with seasoning is people tend to season a uh, meat or a burger on the top and the bottom, which is fine. That's the way you're supposed to do it. But they season it as if you're only seasoning the top and bottom. But you got to think that you're trying to season everything all the way through. So it's not enough seasoning just to get the top and the bottom. You're trying to get enough seasoning that's going to season the inside kind of too is the way you think of it. So sure. um, if it's an inch thick and you just put a light coat on the top and bottom, it's just not going to be enough to battle against all the contents in the middle. So you go a little heavier than you think you should, and you sh- you'll be right on. Um, but I want to ask about the when doing that same process, but for more people. I mean, for for three burgers, it was super easy. I could pay attention to each one of them, and it wasn't a problem. If you've got 10, 12, 15 people over and you want to do that same process, uh, is it a matter of obviously pre-planning, kind of pre-positioning your assets and knowing where everything yeah. is, but is it rude for me to say, I'm only cranking out three at a time. No, but what I would do is you can get a, a holding container and keep them warm. It's called my belly. Now I get in my belly. But you can start them and be three ahead and then put those in uh, to the warming container and then put another three on. And so you're always going to be three ahead. But what I would do in that uh, circumstance is I would probably – uh, heat up since you have four um, grilling areas. I would probably heat up a second one to medium and leave the last one off. Put more up there, but um, separate them by a couple minutes. So put three on. So I go through. Flip rotation, them over yeah. and then put another three on, so that you're going to be searing those off while you're flipping over the other, and just kind of move them in that, you know, in station in in stations. Got it. Otherwise, you would. You would basically um, uh, do them all at the same time on the, on the hot you'd, uh, or the medium. You'd make two medium, and you, would, you could probably put, put eight burgers, I'm guessing, on there and then flip them over and then sear them off. Um, you would just do them a little earlier than you would to bring them to temp. Right. 
That's all. Neil, I wanted to talk to you about Orange County Burger Week, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks, presented by the Fork Report. This is exciting. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, um, well, are we doing we do this it? when we come we'll back? We'll see when we come back. You got yeah. it. All right. So, when I say Gary and Shannon, we have been watching this uh, fire in Sycamore Canyon Park in Riverside. They say it's up to about 50 acres. UC Riverside tweeted not too long ago that they are aware of this, but at this point, there is no threat to campus, uh, to UC Riverside campus. Um, Again, this is at uh, Sycamore Canyon Park in Riverside. Smoke is visible along the 215, and uh, also from the 91, we've heard from some people, so... You can see that burning in that area. The winds are not too excessive there, which is great news. Um, the other story that we've been watching, of course, is the uh, the semifinal match between uh, England and USA. There have been a handful of uh, yellow cards handed out in the last several minutes, and they are in extra time right now. I'm not going to tell you who's ahead or what, it, but just... Uh, they're in extra time. I'll say God, that. don't you feel lazy watching this? They, you know what's great? The statistics that they show when someone is subs, subbed out, they tell them how long they've been playing. I mean, they keep how long they've been playing, and they track how far they've run. And some of these women that have, you know, they've been taken out or uh, subbed out for in the last couple of minutes had already run nine kilometers over the course of this, you know, they're in their, well, 96th minute now, but that's a... That's a healthy, and some of it is dead sprint, not just like. I'm so that's like six for, miles. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. jog for a while. It's, I don't know a lot about the rules. Do, do they get to stop for snacks? Like orange slices. Yes, they do have a half time. Or burgers or something. Probably not a burger. Like a pizza slice. <laughs> well, they're gonna work it off. I'm just saying. Do they get like donut break or no? How about some? Look flat at those jacks? bodies. When's the last time they ate a donut? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how long it's been. Yeah, you should probably just quit. It's probably a good idea. We'll see you Monday. Hey, uh, let's, let's talk about Burger Week coming up. Let's do it. I will, yeah. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, p- please put this on your calendar. Uh, two things. Sunday, July 21st. Those of our um, friends out there in Ventura County, you know, Caneo Valley, Ventura County area, I'm going to be out at Vom Foss in Ventura. They have a new location. They have uh, great spirits, whiskeys, bourbons. They've got vinegars. They've got uh, seasonings. They've got um, oils, uh, all kinds of great stuff. Gourmet, high-end, really lovely people. And I'm going to be out there on uh, Sunday, July 21st from 2 to 4 p.m. They're on Main Street in Ventura. Come out. I want to meet you if you're in that area. We almost never get out in that area. So it would be a big deal to me if you came out and said hello and, and check out their goods. And then coming up on July 14th through the 20th, uh, Orange County Burger Week. And you can find out more by going to burgerweek.com. But this is cool. I'm helping present it. So 12 different restaurants, I partnered with their chefs and came up with burgers uh, specialty for just that week alone. Some of them are going to keep them on afterwards. When you're doing that, does it hit you how much you've won life? (laughs) I'll tell you, there are some days where I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And some of the burgers, uh, they were kind enough to name after me. I'm going to have like burgers named after me. 
my legacy like what, will what, go what are on. What the names? Well, some of these burgers, one of the ones that I'm excited, super excited about is at the Country Club, the Gentleman Kraken. This is going to be a really cool burger. So dry-aged beef uh, bacon and bacon patty, grilled uh, Spanish octopus on the top, pickled jalapenos, and a fennel slaw on a squid ink bun. Oh, my gosh. Right? Stop um, it. At Sea, Lang, sea Legs uh, Wine Bar, they're gonna, they have the Saavedra burger. It's spicy pulled pork, chuck, and brisket blend mixed with red uh, oh Fresno chilies, gosh. crispy red onion straws, uh, a uh, Manchego Mornay sauce. So that's like the sauce that you put in a mac and cheese. Holy hell. Um, with julienne apples. I was re- I really wanted, and these chefs were great. Sometimes they came to me with ideas and I'm like, just go with that. Sometimes I went, hey, can you add this? Sometimes I went, I woke up and this is what I was thinking let's do. And it was, an, it was a fun uh, collaboration. Sea Legs at the beach, they're during, doing the burgerito. Well, Ooh. it's a it's a hamburger mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a tortilla. So it's everything a cheeseburger would be. Juicy brisket, chuck blend, uh, melted cheddar cheese, grilled onions, fresh tomato, romaine lettuce, dill pickle chips, um, hand-cut French fries wrapped in a tortilla. On the beach. (laughs) There at Sea Legs on the beach. Uh, Prego Restaurante, uh, Medi Kitchen, um, the folks from Brazen Sexy Sandwiches. They've got the Bon Meat Burger, which is like a Bon Me sandwich, but in burger form. So it's got a pork patty. We've, you know, Via Roma, Argentine burger, um, Avila's hamburgers, Hamburguesa Cervedra. Hamburguesa Cervedra. So there's a lot of really fun burgers that we've come up with. And this is going to be in Orange County at select restaurants um, through July, four, uh, July 14th through the 20th. If you want more infor- information, go to Burger Week. Dot com burgerweek.com it doesn't cost you to participate it just is only for that week so you got to know which restaurants are participating and to go and then you they have discounts it's like ten dollar fifteen dollar twenty dollar and twenty five dollar burger plates mm. um but it's going to be a great time to go and experience burgers how much do you want a burger right now that's uh, <laughs> the 14th oh uh, yeah the but, yeah but just so much fun coming up and there is so much creative talent out there the chefs and the people that own these restaurants were awesome to work with they had great ideas and i i can't believe that i get to be uh, in partnership with them Talk neil you. thank you so much thank you guys all right we'll see you tomorrow um or not but have a great birthday oh hey thanks oh yeah neither of you are here huh Maybe. We'll see how today goes. Is that your present? Being gone? Jerk. (laughs) Stay dry, everybody.